Thank you for listening to the official podcast of Live Church Orlando, where we encourage you to live your life His way. For more information about Live Church and other resources, please visit livechurchorlando.com. We're talking about get your money up. All year, new visitors, we're talking about the come up. All year, okay? We're talking about the come up. Living it up. Tell your neighbor, I'm living it up. Say it again, I'm living it up. So every message, I try to have something up in it or something that has to do with up or down or whatever uh, to kind of keep our minds refreshed that everything is coming up this year. We've been talking about different areas of our lives. Now this, this month, I didn't know it was going to be a month, uh, we're talking about getting our finances up. This is an area that the scared, the, the, scared is, the, the scared is scared to talk about. The church is scared to talk about because they've been so used to manipulating people into giving the church money. But we're not talking about that today, uh, nor are we ever really talking about that, even though that is a system where God can bless you. We're talking about getting your money up. Mm, I can't wait to talk about it. I'm going to dive right in. Uh, my sermon today, I'm going to continue what I started Wednesday. It's called Handle Your Business. <laughs> Tell somebody, handle your business. Sometimes I say it without the D. I just say, handle your business. That's, I'm sorry, you ain't got to do all that stuff. Handle your business. I think we fail to realize that God is a businessman. You can't be a person of order and not know how to handle business. So God uses business to test your order. All right? First, he uses your chores. Clean your room, little stuff like that when you're an adolescent, you're a kid. Once you come into high school, college, start making your own money and stuff like that. He uses business to monitor your, your order, how you keep things in order. So many of us do not know how to manage ourselves, our temper, our emotions. So subsequently, of course, we don't know how to handle finances, businesses, or manage. We all think we're leaders because we have ideas. You have great ideas, and I'm going to start this business, and it's so much easier. To, oh, Lord, bless your word. Let it fall on good ground. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen. We got to talk about money. Let me just get into it. Let's just get into it. And uh, prayerfully, I won't be long today. No one can serve two masters. Yeah. He will hate one master, love the other, or he will follow one master and refuse to follow the other. So you cannot serve what? Y'all quiet too early. We were just talking about so good. We all were singing so good, and it felt so good. And y'all quiet too early. I'm not going to raise no big offering to help and, and do nothing like that. But there were a lot of people that came in after offering, so we're going to give you another chance to give in the name of Jesus. Your opportunity. I know we laugh at that, but it's an opportunity for you. All right? Seriously. Seriously. You cannot serve God and money at the same time. I said it last week. I said it. I got to say it again. If you're saved, it's a wrap for you. It's over. Nothing that used to work will continue to work. No system that used to work will continue to work. No relationship that used to work will continue to work. God messed you up. Or you messed yourself up by choosing God. And I'm using slang to say mess up. Oh, mess up. Let's go. See, I knew it. Let's leave. These young pastors don't know how to give God. No. I'm saying messed up like a, you know. It's, all, it's a rat. Once you're saved and you're born again, you have entered into a new realm called the kingdom. And many of us are in the kingdom of God still with the undetached umbilical cord. So now you're 15, still got your umbilical, umbilical um, the cord connected to your old ways. When you're born or born again, the first thing they do is cut you. They beat you, slap you, punch you. My daughter, okay. My first daughter, she came out blue because she was sick in the womb. So we didn't know whether she was going to live or not. So she came out. I remember her face. I remember everything. She was blue. I was like, oh, my Lord. We successfully gave birth to a Smurf. I just knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I said, no, that ain't a Smurf. That's an avatar. But I didn't know which one. She was blue. 
because she wasn't breathing. Thank you, love. Not her color. She was blue because she was not breathing. The doctors immediately, I'm standing there with the scissors like, I'm going to cut the cord. I'm a proud father. It's my first kid. Got me a little girl. Yeah. They got that baby. Pulled her from her mother. Snipped that cord. <laughs> I was like, you took that moment from You ain't the father. <laughs> took that moment from me. First thing they did was cut, cut the thing. Threw her on this table. And like four or five other doctors and nurses came. And you just heard like, cr cr 10. I'm sorry. All right. Thank you, babe. Keep me right. You just, for those of you that's listening on the eye, on the eye the. <laughs> they cut the cord, took that privilege from me, and all you heard was coming in. I'm like, what's going on? What's going on? All these doctors, and none of them are speaking to us. I'm like, okay. How you, okay, that's my, okay. They put her on this table, they was like, all I heard was, like in my door. I'm like, hey, she just got here. You're the first to cut the cord and the first to beat her? What am I alive for? You want to take her to school too? <laughs> and pay her? <laughs> Don't get quiet now. She got to go to the dentist. Anyway, I'm back. First thing they did to my little girl was beat her, cut her, bruise to get her to become alive. When you get saved, the first thing that need to happen is snip, cut, poop, pop, poop, poop, to get you to breathe. Woo. I need you to breathe new kingdom air. You got to learn how to breathe faith air. Y'all quiet in here. You got to learn how to breathe hope air. You got to learn. So soon as you get saved, it seems like you take a beating. It's not to take you out. It's to bring you in. Woo. Has anybody experienced that in your life? Make, them, make, them, make sure they know I'm not lying. I'm just... So it's over. You're in a new kingdom now. You're in a whole new system. You don't went from a womb filled with water to earth filled with air. So now you got to learn how to breathe air. It's over. You can't go back like, uh-uh. I'm a mermaid. Put me back in the water. You can't. It's over. Even if you go swimming, you coming out that water after a while. You'll never have a womb experience again. I'm saying that to say nothing is it's too late. When you're saved, it's no you can't eat from your belly anymore. I don't care how many corn chips you, cr <laughs> you crack up and put in your stomach. You can't eat from there anymore. It's a rat. You got to do it this way. You can't breathe from the corn. It's a rat. You got to do it this way now. You got to learn how to eat with your mouth. You got to learn how to talk. You ain't have to say nothing in the womb. You just put out a vibe. <laughs> She's hungry. She's hungry. Yeah. Now you got to say, can I have something? You got to learn now. Ooh. And after a while, when you're a kid, that, 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 that don't work anymore. It's too late. You have to learn it. So you're forced into the system of humanity and existence. Like, okay, okay. And then you're going to school. Then you got aunts and uncles and other kids. Where did they come from? But I'm forced into this realm. And I have no choice but to adjust or I will die. You are now in the kingdom of God. No other way will work but God's. It's quiet for some reason. But God's way. That's why you're fr I'm yelling. That's why you're frustrated. That's why we get frustrated. Trying to do things our way. And it don't work no more like it used to in the womb. You're not in the womb. You didn't. Well, you did choose to come out of this one. But the first womb you didn't choose to come out of. This new birth you chose. Either way, it's over. You have to function. You have to function. You can keep lying, but your life ain't going to work. You can keep sinning and God will come, but it ain't going to work. Your dreams, your expectations, your purpose, your it ain't going to work. God calls it kicking against the prick. Why are you going against my way? You're in me now. You're in Christ. It's over. Nobody's going to pluck you out my hand. It's a wrap. You're here for life. This church thing ain't working. I'm going back to my. You think you can go back? You're going to get a headache after the first drink. <laughs> You're going to smell that Hennessy like, you know what? I, my stomach is just, I just, I'm going to go home. I'm just a little, I'm, I must be dehydrated. Something ain't going to work. So you can't serve two masters. You can't go after 
financial prosperity like you used to. But there's a wisdom that is of the world that we need to be mindful of and that we actually need to honor because we're in this world but not of it. So don't let the fact that we're not of this world make you feel like you don't have to function by any of the systems. Okay? You, well, let's, let's talk about it. You got to love one and hate the other. You can't serve money and God. If money makes you adjust and maneuver your convictions, you're serving it. You're serving it. But God can't get you to maneuver for, for, for your convictions of him. That means you serve God. You love God. You love money more than you love God. First, let me, let me just get into it. Are y'all with this? Here's another thing we need to understand. I said this, and I love it. It says, nothing from without a man entering him can defile him. But the things come out of him, those are they that defile a man. It's not what goes into your body that defiles you. You are defiled. That's the part. You are defiled by what comes from your heart. So nothing outside of you can make you defiled, make you ratchet. It's that music. I just keep listening to that. No, that ratchet music connects with the ratchet in you. And both of y'all get together and dance. That's what it is. It's, it ain't me, Pastor. When that song come on, yeah, it, it connects with something in you. Because everybody else in the room is not affected by the song in the same way. Thank you, bro. Everybody hears the same song, but everybody don't feel the way you do because everybody don't have the same things inside of them. Are y'all hearing me? So if things, make, thank you, man of God. If things make you move, you need to check what's in you that's like it. What do I connect with with this song? Is it just the beat? Because I like trap. I like the rhythm. I like the sounds. I like that. Is it the beat or is it actually what they're saying? And that's a minor thing. That music is just, I'm just, I'm just trying to tell y'all. But nothing from without can defile you. President Trump is messing it up for everybody. Nothing, nothing from without. I don't care how corrupt it is and Nike, they burning Nikes. I ain't nobody care about all that. Nothing from with the eye will be stepping. Why does everything move you? Who cares? Let them burn the Nikes. They ain't burn yours. Do you still got yours or no? Well, who cares who burn what? Why we? Oh, my gosh. I know that's sensitive. That's why I said it, because I don't care. I do not care, and I wonder why we do so much. It's confusing to me as the body of Christ who have so many things in our house we need to worry about. How we so mad at Trump, Kirkpatrick, the NFL, who, oh gosh. If they get it together, will you? What if they get it together? What does that mean for your house? All right. We so emotionally connected now and I'm going to buy 16 Nikes. And, good, I mean, uh, yeah. It ain't going to change Nike. They'll still be multi-billionaires. It ain't going to change the NFL. Some going to take a knee. Some going to stand. And all of them got millions. While we in here believing God for rent. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. You ain't got time. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. We're not going to be a foolish church caught up in social. No, we don't go by social standards. We go by kingdom standards. And God says, as for me and my house, not the White House, as for me and my house, we will serve every house that's serving the Lord. Make some noise up in here. Oh! I'm just worried about me and mine. It's enough to keep me and mine together. I don't got time to worry about Serena, and I love her, and what happened? Praise the Lord. It's going to be some more messed up stuff happening. Just sit and wait. It's going to be more crazy. And this stuff is light compared to Hitler and the Holocaust. This is light. Yeah, yeah, y'all woke now. A, a sneaker? That ain't nothing. Just sit tight. Some stuff about to hit America. And if your house ain't together and you worried about Nikes, you going, oh, God. Tell your neighbor, wake up, please. Nobody care about that. Amen. 
it, it concerns me that believers are so emotionally invested in social traffic. And it's messing up our perception, our train of thought, our spirit, our faith. So should we believe? Should I, just, I, I don't know. It's like we're becoming more black or more white and not even more spiritual. Okay. We're not becoming more mature. We're becoming more black or more white. And that's ignorant. Okay. We're we going to have so many less people next week. But I love y'all and thank you for giving me a chance today. And thank you for not walking out in the middle. Very respectful. Thank you. I know you ain't coming back, but thanks for coming and trying it this week. Oh, well, man. How does that change you? How does it help you? So if Trump apologizes to all minorities, will you get a check? Will you have peace in your marriage? Will your children be restored? Who cares? I, I got it. Be conscientious. You need to know what's going on, but not to the point where you're so emotionally inv invested that your responsibilities go ignored and untended to. Is it true? Man, it's so quiet. I don't even know what to say next. Man, I should have saved that for last. I just got another perspective. We just got different views. That's all. The whole world is in this wave, and I'm like, let it pass me by. Miss me with that. Because without the social wave, I got waves in my mind. I got waves I got to deal with in my emotions and my habits. I, I got, tell you anybody, I got my own waves. I ain't got time to serve social waves. I got my own. I got my own things I'm dealing with. I'm dealing with temperance. I'm dealing with self-control. I'm dealing with order. I'm dealing with family. I'm dealing with money. I'm dealing with health. I don't have time to worry about a label on my feet. I, ooh. Only time you pay that much attention to your feet is to follow the steps that are ordered. Good God Almighty, y'all miss what I said. Only time I pay that much attention to my feet is because the steps of a good man. That's it. What about the Lord? Nothing outside you can defile you. Jesus was teaching. Oh, man. This is only my first, second slide. All right. Jesus was teaching. Luke chapter 5. Somewhere around there. And the crowd is coming, the crowd is coming. I'm still on this subject, y'all. The crowd is coming, the crowd is coming. I'm taking a long way because I like telling stories. The crowd is coming. He's like, oh, oh, Simon, can I use your boat, Simon? Simon. He said, sure, you can get on my boat. He gets on Simon's boat. He finishes his sermon. Then he turns to Simon and says, why don't you launch out into the deep for a great catch? And Simon was like, yo, we've been fishing all night long. We ain't caught nothing. I'm a fisherman. You're a prophet. It's cool. I like what you're doing with the city. I'm hearing all that you're doing in Nazareth. Yeah, Nazareth. I'm hearing all the good things you're doing in Nazareth, and that's good. But we do this. We do this. You do that. He said, launch out to the deep for a great catch. If you want bigger results, go deeper. Ooh. We want big results in shallow water. You want him to propose to you, and y'all only had ice cream. Yeah, you, like, you want the big results? Y'all quiet. Tell your neighbor, go deeper. Woo! The results you're looking for is not in shallow water, not in shallow conversations, not in shallow relationships, not in shallow connections. The results you're looking for is in, somebody say, deep water. Woo! Go deeper. Go. Oh, never mind. I, that's not even my point. I'm sorry. I'm talking about nothing from without. He says, at your word, we'll do it. Peter put his net out, his nets out. Well, Simon at the time put his nets out. The Bible says he caught all these fishes. I love this. Yeah, fishes. That's what it says. He caught all these fishes to the point where his boat began to sink. And then his friends that were fishing near, he said, hey, come help me with this blessing. His friends came over. Their nets and their boat was filled with fishes. So Peter and his friends' boats begin to sink. 
Because God gave them increase on their job. I'm trying to figure out what side. Just preach to you. Just preach to you. This is the job. This is money. God gave them increase on their job so much so they caught nothing the night before. Now both of their boats are sinking. First stop I want to say before I continue this part of the sermon that I didn't even really plan on going into like this. First part I want to say is when he got too blessed, not too blessed, but he couldn't handle all the blessings because when God really do it, he's going to open it. He's going to give you the blessing that you won't have room. I'm living it right now. I don't even need, I don't even need y'all to clap for that. It's cool. He called his friend and said, yo, come get some of this. Last night I got nothing. Today I got overflow. Tell your friend, be careful how you handle me. Tell somebody else, stay on my good side. Ooh, stay on my good side because when God turns it, when God blesses me, when he gives me overflow, I might call you and say, come get some of this. I got too much in my bank account. Can you, ooh, y'all quiet. Do you need something? What's your cash at? I'm too blessed. Anybody ready to be too blessed in here? Scream. Stay on my good side. I got a lot of people calling me now for some stuff I'm doing. I'm like, oh, where you been? I'm doing some stuff. I'm, I'm like, oh, this is the, the, the bat line right here. I feel like I'm Batman and everybody needs to be saved. But they weren't on my good side. Oh, that's how I'm going to end it. I'm going to end it there. Peter said, I perceive you're a man of God. Go away from me because I am a sinful man. I am a sinful man. I am currently right now a sinful man. And I'm telling you to go away because I don't have no plans on changing who I am. He said, man, forget that. Come with me and I'll make you fishers of men. Peter left the increase. Okay. That's what I want to talk about. He just got the biggest raise he ever got till his boat and his friend's boat are sinking. That's his job. He fishes. So if he catches 10 fish, he gets money for 10. If he catches 1,000, he... Do you, can you imagine how much money he was counting as all these fishes? First of all, the Bible says fishes. That's not even a word. The Bible, King James says fishes, which tells me God is about to bless you beyond words. I got to walk up the aisle for this. I said, y'all live. Are y'all listening to me? God is about to bless you beyond words. You're not going to have words to adequately describe how good God is about to bless you. They're going to say, how did that happen? You're going to say fishes. How did you get that? You're going to say fishes. You're going to have to make up a word to describe how good God is to you. Because somebody just screamed fishes. You was walking last year, you're driving this year, fishes. You was homeless last year, you got a crib this year, fishes. You was broke last year, you got money this year, fishes. You was lonely last year, you got a ring this year. Somebody scream, fishes! I'm sorry. I preached this message in 2014 on my House of Blues tour, when I came here to Orlando, it's the same message I preached. God's about to bless you with fishes. Stay on my good side. All that I had not. We were in transition. I didn't know what we was gonna do. I didn't know we. Orlando was nowhere in the picture. Live was nowhere in conception. Holy Land was out of the picture. But look at God. Woo. We not y'all. Look around and just say fishes. Anybody ready for fishes? And don't, God's about to bless you. Even though Peter was a sinner, God knew if I said, follow me, he'll drop it all and follow him. Peter dropped everything. Let me move on. Peter dropped everything and followed Christ. 
with this financial come up, will you be willing, okay, to drop it for him? That's a serious question you need to ask yourself. I know in church we want to quickly answer, yes! But think about it and ask yourself that. Search yourself. Will I be willing? I'm not saying you'll have to, but will I be willing to give up the very thing I've been believing God for for so long? Yeah. Abraham had to test himself, said, okay, Isaac, I'm willing to give up. Yeah, all right. The Bible says nothing from without can defile you, but only what's inside can defile you. It says this, he has made everything beautiful and appropriate in its time. God made everything beautiful in its time. If your situation is not beautiful, just wait. The Bible says better is the ending of a thing than the beginning thereof. If it ain't better, it ain't over. Can I encourage y'all for two minutes? I said, if it ain't better, it ain't over. All right, let me get y'all out of here. He also planted, look, he also planted eternity. A sense of divine purpose in the human heart. A mysterious longing which nothing under the sun can satisfy except God. Yet man can't even comprehend or grasp what God has done in his overall plan from beginning to end. We don't even know what we, we probably know our next season, but we don't know overall. He'll always put that mystery in us. But he'll always put a longing in us, a sense of divine purpose that nothing under the sun can satisfy except him. Not even money. That's my point. I brought that up because money can't even satisfy you. It'll still be a void or a longing in you that's reserved for God. Amen? You will still have a God-sized void in your heart that nothing else can fill but him. So I don't want you to waste time going after things and realizing you could have went after God and he would have gave you all things. Don't end up with everything you want and not God. Did you hear what I said? Never mind. Never, I'm just keeping moving. That's all I'm going to do. That's all I'm going to do. It's cool. The next scripture says uh, the love of money, as we know. For the love of money is the fruit of all evil. This says loving money is the first step towards all kinds of trouble. Some people run after it so much that they have given up their faith. Craving money... Craving more money pushes them uh -oh, away from the faith into error, compounding misery in their lives. Somebody say, prove it. Okay. <laughs> Judas. <laughs> Woo. Judas. Wanted money so badly that he forsook his connection and relationship and faith in Jesus Christ. Not only does the love of money make you leave Christ, but it takes you towards error. That's the point I want to make. So it's not don't mess up with God only. It's that type of focus leads you into error. Whatever you do will be incorrect. Whatever you accomplish will end up with a red X on it. Because going after money, leaving your faith, leads to error. So now you choose the wrong spouse. Ladies, do not make your financial come-up goal another man's wealth. You have no wealthy plan for yourself except to marry someone wealthy. That's a low goal. What is your wealthy plan for yourself? Hallelujah. Ladies, come up with your goals. That's a low goal. I'm going to find somebody. I'm going to just go golfing and just sit up under the... What? I'm going to just be one of their caddy. I'm just carrying their golf pucks and maybe they slip me something or look at me and give me their number or something. No. That's too low. You're, you're brilliant. You're beautiful. You're talented. You're gifted. You're anointed. Why? Belittle yourself. To not even having a goal. Yeah. Lack of a personal goal is lack of personal faith in God. 
So now we marry the wrong spouse because we lead into error. Everything we do now is incorrect. The way you raise your kids, the way you start your business, the way it's error, it's wrong, and it does not last. And we're miserable. Judas was like, yo, my bad. He was, the Bible says, uh, you can, uh, uh, the word can be choked by the deceitfulness of riches. I thought this money, I thought having this money would make me good. I sold Jesus out for 30 pieces of silver. So now I got the silver, but I don't got him. And I thought I could be good with the money and not him, but I was deceived. Now, I don't even want the money. And I'm so guilty, I don't even want my life. That's the goal of deceitful riches. Death. Rock stars die. Celebrities die. Drug overdose. You hear it time after time. You don't need the Bible for that. They thought the fame and the money would make them good. They taken themselves out because they were deceived going after that and not going after God. Let's not be that foolish. Let's be wiser than that. I'm going after God and if I seek first the kingdom of God, all these things will be added. And the blessings of the Lord make it rich and add it no sorrow. Say your name, I ain't sorry. Sorry about that. I'm back. Riches are never worth your relationship with Christ. Judas showed us that. It's never worth your relationship with Christ. Never worth it. It's never worth it. It's a deceitful thing. Here we go. What should I do? Ooh, I'm just going over random scriptures that all serve the same person, purpose. Say, handle your business. Empty out of my heart everything that is false, every lie, every crooked thing, and give me neither undue poverty nor undue wealth. King James says, give me neither poverty nor riches, but rather feed my soul with the measure of prosperity that pleases you. Okay. Proverbs, this is written by the wisest man that ever walked the earth besides the Christ himself. Solomon wrote this. He said, don't give me undue riches or undue poverty. Don't give me poverty I don't deserve. And don't give me wealth I don't deserve. Because if I'm too broke, I'll compromise my faith to get money. And if I'm too rich, I'll think it was me that did it and I'll forsake you. Read it. It's the rest of the scripture. That's, that's what it says. So he says, says give me my portion. <sighs> I don't want to be rich nor poor. I just want my portion. Is there anybody in live that feel the way I do? Just, Lord, just give me my portion. Give me what's due to me and I'll be all right. The song says, any way you bless me. Where y'all at, live? Any way you bless me, I'll be satisfied. That's a crazy scripture, though. I never heard anybody pray, don't give me riches or poverty. But give me my portion. And when you get it, mm, 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 mm. no matter what the size of your portion is, you're expected to multiply. I'm going there at the end. I know I, I, know I rushed it. Let me just go. Let me walk. Check this out, y'all. This scripture was kind of cool to me, too. Are y'all still here? Y'all good? Okay. I only got a few more, then we out of here. Check this out. Everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come. Buy and eat. Hmm? Come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Simply accept it as a gift from God. Okay, so grace is greater than money. We'll talk about that later. Why do you spend, uh-oh, 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 uh-oh. Why do you spend money? This is, what I want, this is what made me put it up here. For that which is not bread. And your earnings for what does not satisfy. Listen carefully to me and eat what is good. And let your soul delight in an abundance. It says, why do you spend your money on junk food? Your hard-earned cash on cotton candy. Listen to me. Listen well. Eat only the best. Fill yourself with the finest. Why spend your money on things that don't strengthen you? 
Another version says that. Why, why, why spend your money on things that are not bread? If you're going to spend your money on something, spend it on good food. Y'all yeah, quiet, but this is just practical teaching right here from the word of God. Okay, so you got the new Nikes on, but going to McDonald's for lunch. Okay, now let's talk. Y'all ready? Let's talk. If you got money for Nikes, you got money for Whole Foods. Why is it quiet to my right? Because y'all don't like this. It ain't me, it's the Bible. If you're going to spend money, spend it on something that will strengthen you. Only eat the best food. Why look good and, and be sick? Why look well and not be well? God is not an outside-in God. He's an inside-out God. Are you hearing me? What you see is a reflection of what's inside. That's what God is trying to make us. Not these outwardly cute, swagged-out things with nothing on the inside. He said, you are empty graves. You decorate the graves on the outside, but it's dead inside. Stop decorating graves. If you're going to spend money, spend it on what strengthens you. Good food. This is so practical, but it's powerful. It's instruction. It's wisdom. Because if you're strengthened, you can make more money. If you're strengthened, you can be wiser. They have brain food. They got carrots. That's for your eyes. Y'all got peanut, we, I can talk, Ladarius left, we can talk, Shantae, these new, uh, see almonds, that's good for you, I don't know, I know my house is filled with it, we got 0% milk, 0% bread, 0% sugar, I never, I, the first time I saw 0% bread, my wife, what is 0% bread, that's a joke, <laughs> he telling his wife, we got to find that bread, <laughs> I don't think public. I don't think public's got that. Public's don't got that. Maybe, maybe Whole Foods. Maybe not public. If you're gonna spend money, forget the clothes. Clothes should be the abundance. It says, uh, uh, it says, carefully eat what is good and let your soul delight in abundance. So establish being strengthened first, and then enjoy the abundance and get a, a couple of socks. Because who has the shoes you had five years ago? Okay. The shoes you died to get for your birthday party. Ah, ah, ah. Where they at, ah, ah, ah. I guarantee you don't know. No, no. So why put your heart and your finance and everything into something that you're going to forget in a minute? I want my people to be people that build things that last. Stop being so temporal. And then I just thought that was a cool scripture, y'all. If you're going to spend money, eat the best. Don't save up for a chain. Save up for Ruth Chris. Okay, y'all quiet on this side. Let me talk to y'all over here. Don't save up for no $200 shoes. Save up for Eddie V's. I mean, I'm getting hungry. I'm going to cut this sermon short. I'm hungry. I smell premium American steak. I smell it well done. Good God, the Midas touch. We going today? Okay, thank you, baby. Let me, let me end this. So y'all got it, right? Y'all saved. You love God. I'm ready to eat. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Tell your neighbor, eat what is good. Hallelujah. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> so Jesus is going into the temple and the Pharisees are like hey does Jesus pay taxes like everybody else Peter said yeah walked in the building Jesus said let me ask you something if a king is over a kingdom who pays taxes his kids the children or the subjects Peter said the subjects he said right so I'm a king's kid I don't have to pay taxes but I love this right here that's right. The children get off free without paying taxes. But so that we don't offend them. Go ahead and down there and fish, Peter, again. And in the mouth of a fish, you'll see the money to pay me and your taxes. I love stories, y'all. I'm sorry. So I don't have to do this, 
but because I'm in the world. Just because I'm not of it don't mean I'm not in it. So I don't want to offend while I'm here. So just do what you handle your business. Pay your taxes. Oh, let me get off here. Man, this is the wrong message. Pay your taxes. The next scripture says it's better. It is way better not to make a vow than to make one and not fulfill it. Don't let your mouth lead you into sin and don't, don't do that. Why should God be angry at what you say and destroy the works of your hands? The works of your hands. You work and work a nine to five and nothing's becoming of it. Do you make promises you don't keep? If you make a vow or commitment, keep it. If you say eight o'clock, what time are you going to be there? That's what you should do. Or awesome. God, he's not going to prosper your hands if you don't have integrity. Okay. Keep your word. Why is it sad of us? Oh, Ty, you know, he might, Ty might, you Ty crazy. He might and he might not. That's no integrity. That's no faithfulness. It's not a faithful man. Unfaithful men do not prosper. Unfaithful men do not reflect our faithful father. Which is why he destroys the works of our hands. Because that don't look like me. Never. They listening? Okay, I'm just going to assume they listening. I don't like teaching. I think I like preaching better than teaching because teaching is a quiet thing. Y'all deal with me. I'm a new pastor. I'm not used to this silent night, but I'll get used to it. And some of them are hiding behind. We listening and you texting. But anyway, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm going to make sure y'all with me. If you make a vow, do what you say. From we going to the movies to I'm starting to be, whatever it is, from big to small, be the man or woman that keeps your word. Straight up. And then God will prosper you. Maybe we're not prospering because we don't ever keep our word. That's just something to consider. I don't want nothing to block your financial come up. So I'm trying to tell you what things could. Do y'all receive this? Amen. Thank you, love. I hear you over here preaching with me. Jesus is a 12-year-old boy chilling, talking to the scholars in the temple. <laughs> Did y'all hear what I just said? A 12-year-old. Okay, was talking to scholars. Right? I know to some of y'all I look 12, but I'm 42. But imagine the 12-year-old up here just teaching everybody. Like, what? Like, my daughter's 12. Lincoln, where you at, Lincoln? You probably will have a serious, severe heart attack if I call you up here. So I'm going to leave you right where you're seated. But anyway, imagine a 12-year-old up here with so much wisdom. Mary is looking for her son like, Jesus! JJ! Anybody seen JJ? Imagine Mary calling Jesus. Jesus! Imagine anybody calling Jesus. Like back in the day, I'd be like, ooh, I'll be the most quickening person in Capernaum. Like, has anybody seen Jesus? Oh, no, I haven't, but he's, he's close. He's got to be near. Hey! Can you imagine Mary? Jesus! Mm. Jesus! Oh, I don't know where your son is, but I hope you find him so I can walk straight. Because I keep... Can you imagine Mary calling Jesus? That's all I want to ask <laughs> Jesus, anybody seen my son? Jesus! There you are. We were looking all over for you. Where were you? Well, he said, uh, how is it that you sought me? And I can see Jesus, I can see them hyping Jesus calm. Where were you? Well, how is it that, because he was a little kid. <laughs> how is it that these sought me? Wish not that I must be about my father's business. I can see him calm as ever, like, yo, you knew I was going to be doing my father's work, yo. 
I must be about my father's business. If you're saved, we're all in the family business. Tell your neighbor, we in business together. Yeah, so watch how you handle me. We in the father's business together. So be nice, be kind. We're in business together. We're in the family business called the kingdom business. Tell your neighbor, we're in kingdom business together. I'm almost done, y'all. I'm almost done. Jesus asked, why did you have to look for me? You should have known that I must be where my father's work is. Tell your neighbor, I must be where my father's work is. Woo, it ain't even about me or the job I want. It's quiet to my right. It's about wherever he has me. I don't care where you work. I'm about to go somewhere right now. Understand that there's a work to be done at work. God is at work at work. Woo! Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Wherever you, I don't care if it's the car wash. If God got you there, tell your neighbor, do it with joy. Tell somebody else, do it with joy. God got me there. You laughing because I'm shining tires, but God has got me here for a purpose, for a reason, for a season, for a time such as this. So keep on laughing. I must be about my father's business. I don't care if you work what? TSA. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I think that's a good job too. I want to kind of mix it up. I don't care if you work that. I don't care if you work what? Toll booth. Where are my toll booth workers at in here? None. Okay, cool. It's okay. Jobs like this is what I'm talking about. I'm going to be where the father's work is, not where I want to work. Until I come into my vision, I will be placed where God placed me and not be embarrassed, not be not humble enough to, y'all quiet, I'll still flip burgers with excellence. I'll take your change with power. You, good. I don't care if I got to work at Trader Joe's. <laughs> Woo! Y'all quiet now. Everybody was laughing at this man. Because here he is, a celebrity, working at Trader Joe's. But did you know that this Elvin turned into this Elvin? Because now Tyler Perry, y'all quiet, picked him up for a multi-contract okay, deal. So you can't be too embarrassed to be in a place where God has you. Because if you were never at Trader Joe's, you'll never get a movie deal from y'all quiet. How? Trader Joe's is not the last step. It's the first step. But the next step is elevation. The next step is a come up. The next step is good God. Oh, I'm waiting on my phone to ring. Huh? Where my phone at? Just in case it ring. Tell your neighbor, I'm waiting on my next blessing to call me. Keep your phone close just in case Tyler Perry call. Keep your phone close just in case your next blessing call. Keep, let me calm down. Don't be embarrassed wherever you work. Let them take pictures and laugh at you for working at Trader Joe's because all those laughs will be silenced once your phone rings. I hear the joy bells ringing. I said I hear the joy bells ringing. Woo. Okay, let me just end this. Jesus is telling the story about a master who gives bags of money to a servant. A master gave five talents or bags of money to one servant, two bags of money or talents to another servant, and one bag of money to another servant. He goes away. He comes back. The one who had five talents made ten. The one who had two produced four. The one that had one, he hid it. The master answered, you are a bad and lazy servant. Like, I, you could have at least put it in the bank. You, so you should have put my money in the bank. Then I could come home and I will get my money back with interest. That's business Jesus is talking right here. Don't do nothing with what I give you. Even if you're not going to physically do anything, put it somewhere where it can increase. Look at this business guy we talk. This is business right here. 
put my, I don't want the same thing. I want, I'm, you're expected to multiply. The first thing I created you to do is be fruitful. Multiply. So he called him a lazy and unfit servant because you didn't use, look, look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this. Everyone who uses what he has, he will get more. The way to getting more is not getting another job. It's doing, using what you have. What talent do you have? We talked last week, and we said money is not a mystery. You get paid proportionate to the problems you solve. You have a gift. What problems does your gift solve? If your problem solves, if your gift solves problems, it's easy to find a, a lane of money. You're an answer to someone's problem. That's easy to get money. I don't care if it's a babysitter. Thank you, girl. We just want to go out tonight. No problem. I love kids, so let that gift bless me. You, you feel what I'm saying? My gift is solving a problem. Our gifts please us, but it don't solve any problems. We like doing our gifts, but what problems do it solve? Most women don't like doing their own hair. So a hairdresser, you solve a lot. Girl, thank you so much. I was just so... What problems do your gifts solve? Don't complain about not having increase and you have not discovered what problems your gifts solve. So if it's not the, the paint, well, I like to paint. Well, if, it's not, if you can't make Hallmark cards right now or nobody's buying your paintings, what other gifts do you have? Are you nice? Can you talk to people? Maybe you could be a summer counselor, camp counselor at live summer school. Ooh, I like that. I'm sorry, I'm back. Ooh. Okay. Are you a nice person? Do you like being, are you good with customer service? Do you have patience when people are telling you off? You're like, okay, well, we'll see what we can do. You solve problems. Not all the time through your gifts, but through your personality. Your personality can be a gift. God, you are talking up in here this morning. I just hope five people in each section are hearing this. I'll be happy. Which five is hearing this? Which five? Thank y'all. Thank See, y'all make me come back next week. Now y'all making me come back. I love your gift, and it's, it's good that you can sing, and it's good that you can... But what problems do it solve? Because it doesn't matter how good you are. If it's not solving a problem, we'll be less interested in investing. Because people don't care about other people's dreams. You see what they did with Joseph's dreams. People are not interested in other people's dreams, but if my dream can help your dream come to pass, we can partner. Amen? Multiply what you have, even if it's one talent. I'm almost done. Even if it's one, multiply it. What can you do with what you have? Moses, what's in your hand? It's a stick. Uh-uh, throw it down. It's a snake. You don't even know what you got in your hand. Ooh, you don't know what you got in your hand. Well, I always do this. I'm always, I'm a, no. It's something powerful that you have that you can multiply. Instead of looking out the window for this big breakthrough to come, the breakthrough might be in you. Oh, we're going to get this financial breakthrough this year. I said, you're going to get your financial come up this year. Can I have my, all right. We're going home, y'all. I'm feeling my body saying, Rest. Check this out. Let me close with this. Oh my gosh. A feast is made for laughter, and wine maketh merry. But money answereth all things. Okay. This is for this, and that is for that. But money is for everything. Wine is to be happy. Feast is for laughter. That's kind of for that. That's for that. A car is for transportation. But money is for everything. You need money to have a feast to laugh. You need money to have wine to be merry. 
You need money to have a car to have transportation. Money answers all things. So to me, this scripture, this chapter just made money the, 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 the top dog. Excuse me for saying it like that. The most uh, thing in priority. Money answers all things. Look what's immediately after that. Immediately. In my last closing, I guess. Curse not the king. Hold up. Not even in your thoughts. Hmm. And curse not the rich in your bedchamber. Hmm. For a bird of the air shall carry your voice, and that which you have that which has wings shall tell the matter. So soon as it says, hey, money answers all things, it's kind of like, hey, if you got money, you good. But then it says, don't curse the king. Oh, and don't talk about people that are rich because they might hear of it. Well, who cares? If you got money, who cares who hears? What the Bible is saying here to me is that favor is greater than money. Okay, I just took a turn. This prophet told me years ago, she was praying, Father, give us more money. We had, sp- we had made millions of dollars and we just, we was uh, giving everybody around us, everybody around us, everybody around us. Nobody was broke. People was living better than us. Everybody. So we asked for wisdom of money. She said, Lord, we're starting over. Bless us with more money. Please, we'll be better this time. But he said, daughter, stop praying for money and pray for favor. Because if you pray for favor, I'm going to answer you, and your husband will have to work more. You want, yeah, if you pray for money, I'm sorry. If you pray for money, and I respond, your husband will be out more. Because a man that don't work, he don't eat. So if you want more money only, you'll have to work more. But favor. Y'all quiet, y'all quiet, y'all quiet, y'all quiet. You don't need money all the time. Sometimes, never mind. Here we go. Last scripture, last scripture, last scripture. Here we go. So Joseph, Joseph, Joseph is in Egypt. I'm done, y'all. Thank y'all. I see y'all going. I know y'all got your kids restless. Joseph is in Egypt now. He has favor with Pharaoh, right? I can't wait to, to tell this story. Uh, he has favor with Pharaoh. His, 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 his family is now in Egypt. Everybody's here, and they're kind of growing in Egypt. Okay, good. They're in Goshen. They're in a land that's flowing. They're in a good land. All is well. People from around Egypt, because of the famine, are coming to Joseph. And it says, and when the money failed, when the money failed, the all-powerful dollar can fail. Something has to be greater than money if it can fail. When the the money failed in the land of Egypt and in the land of Canaan, all the Egyptians came to Joseph and said, give us bread. Why should we die in your presence? For the money faileth. This money ain't working. And Joseph said, give your cattle. And I will give for your, I'll give you for your cattle. If money fail, and they brought their cattle to Joseph, and Joseph gave them bread in exchange for horses, and for the flocks, and for the cattle of herds, and for the asses, and he fed them with bread for all their cattle for that whole year. Their money had no power, but they came to Joseph for favor. It's so quiet. I know it's late. Come here, love. Let me get out of here. I'm tired too, y'all. I got you. Come. Money fails. There's something greater than money that we should be seeking after, and that's favor. That's why the scripture before says money answers all things, but don't talk about the king. You're going to need favor because the king don't need money, but you need his favor. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Be nice to people. I don't care how much money you get or you got. You are going to need favor when money fails. If this government and this system collapses and we go through a famine and you got all these hamburgers at your house and and I don't have, if I got all this money, money ain't going to mean nothing to you. If nobody else got food but my house, why would you give me money? What am I going to buy? Your money is no good here. You need my. Woo. 
That's why mean people stay broke. Arrogant people don't receive increase. And most people who are in poverty are attitudinal. Most impoverished people have attitudes. And if you just look at it, no favor or riches. We will not be that foolish. Did y'all hear what I said? We will not be that foolish. Thanks for listening to today's message. We pray you were blessed by God's word. If you would like to partner with us so that we can continue sharing the gospel around the world, please visit livechurchorlando.com.